We are in a series of messages called Audacious. Uh, we started this series a few weeks ago on our birthday. And uh, if you weren't here and you didn't get a t-shirt, I believe there are a few left. And so if you twist Pastor Joel's arms, uh, he may have a few back there that you can get one if you weren't here on that Sunday. Uh, But we started that series uh, really uh, because I I believe that it is is something that the Lord has spoken to us as a community, that this is a season for us as a community to move forward in an audacious way and to move forward in a way in which we pray audacious prayers and realize uh, realize the plans and purposes of God in and through our life uh, in boldness and in confidence, not because of who we are, but because of who Christ is and what he has done for us. Over a year ago, the Lord uh, gave Desiree a word that she encouraged us with during a season of worship that, that we should be people who pray audacious prayers. And we, when, she, when she shared that with us, we had no idea that we were entering into the year of COVID and the challenges that we have all faced during the last year. And, and as your pastor, I've, I've watched, Desiree and I have watched, as you've walked courageously through just one of the most upside-down seasons any of us have known in our lifetime. And, and on top of COVID and all of those things, many of you have faced incredible challenges during this year. But in spite of our incredible challenges, we serve an incredible God who's done incredible things. And over the last several weeks, we've been celebrating the incredible things that God has done among us and the incredible thing that he's doing right now, the miracle that he's provided for us as a church as we move forward into uh, a promise that he placed in our heart for us to have a permanent home and facility and um, and we're so grateful and thankful for what the Lord is doing and how he's going to bring uh, just some of these things to pass that seem so impossible to us. During the first week of this series, uh, we learned that, that we may not be able to control the chaos in our lives. We may not be able to even control the chemistry in our own minds and our own body, but we can control our confession. You know, some of, us, some of us experience things that go on chemically in our minds and in our bodies, and, and we, can't, we can't control those things. All of us, regardless of whether we have chemical imbalances or not, all of us have an uh, amalangata that sometimes hijacks us, that, that fight-or-flight mechanism kicks in. And, and when we face big obstacles, we have that tendency to either run and hide or bow up to try to fight it in our own might. And, and oftentimes, we can be hijacked by our emotions. We can be hijacked by the chemistry of our own bodies. And, and the truth is, we, we, we cannot necessarily control that, but we can control our confession. And what's interesting about brain science is that it, it teaches us, science has demonstrated that through the power of our confession, now I'm not talking about some sort of new age nonsense, but I'm talking about literally we have the capacity to rewire the chemistry of our brain through confessing truth that we know that exists beyond the chaos or our circumstances. See, I can't control my chemistry and I can't control my circumstances, but God has given us the capacity to control our confession. And as we control our confession, as we're disciplined in our confession, we see the reality of the kingdom invade whatever reality we're living in. We learned last week as we were talking about this that 
as we pray audacious prayers, as we live audaciously in this thing that this life that God has called us to, that it's a process, that it, it doesn't, although things happen in a moment, the process isn't just a moment, that really living audaciously or praying audacious prayers is a, is a birthing process. As a side note, it proves that women are stronger than men in spite of what all of us have thought. If you weren't here last week, go listen to last week's message, audacious praying is a birthing process. Elijah modeled that to us and he birthed this incredible miracle and and we learn you can't be sidetracked by the fire. You can't stop short of the miracle that God has called you to. When he's called you to uh, when he's called you to birth the rain, oftentimes we stop at the fire. Again, if you aren't here, go listen to last week's message. I believe uh, you'll be blessed by that. Well, we're going to continue in this conversation about praying audacious prayers, really stepping audaciously into all that God has for us. I want to read from Romans chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 18 through 21 to you to begin this morning. It says this, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Remember what we said last week, every, every in, in our life, in our life, regardless of where we are, regardless of what we're facing, to live audaciously, the foundation of audacious prayers are built on these stones, and these stones are promises that God has made to us. We talked about that. It was alluded to in the process of Elijah building that altar out of 12 stones that represented the 12 tribes of Israel, that represented the, the, what was birthed out of the promise that came to Abraham. And so we're going to talk about Abraham today, and we're going to talk about the promise that God made to Abraham. You see, audacious prayer is rooted in a promise. Audacious prayer is not this whimsome confession that is based on whatever I want or whatever I desire. It's not Randy pulling himself up by his own bootstraps and forcing whatever he wants to happen in the world. It's not about me manifesting my Maserati. It's not about me manifesting my mansion. It's not about me manifesting into the world or making what happened in the world a full bank account. All of that stuff is a false gospel. It's garbage. It's stuff that's preached just to, it's what the, Jesus talked about with itching ears. It's all of that nonsense that distracts us from the gospel message of Jesus Christ. The truth is, audacious prayer, faith biblically, is all about praying prayers that align with the promises of God. Abraham prayed prayers that were aligned and believed God for things that were aligned with God's promises that he had made to him. 
The interesting thing about it is, as, as God made these promises to Abraham, it was a process that brought these promises to pass. It took years for these things to come to pass. Genesis chapter 12, let's start in verses 1 through 3. The Lord said, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Now, man, I, I really do wish I just had hours and hours and hours uh, to talk about uh, all of this stuff that is, that is wrapped up in the promise that came to Abraham. And it's so fascinating to me how often you see these theologies and these philosophies that come out of uh, the promises that God gave to Abraham. Let me, let me put it this way. In context of this series of messages, it's interesting to me how often we get distracted by the fire. We get distracted by the Kareth Ravine. We get distracted by the land. We get distracted by the blessing. We get distracted by all of these things. But if you truly understand the promise that God brought to Abraham and what it was all about, it was all about this. It was all about through you, Abraham, I'm going to, I'm going to cause your seed to be a a blessing to all nations and what God was talking about was through your seed is going to come the redemption for all of humanity see everything in scripture is pointing us to Jesus the promise is all about the glory of God being revealed on the earth. Glory is all about glory that goes to God. It's never about glory that comes to us. Our little red flags, our antennas, antenna of heresy needs to come up when people are preaching a gospel or they're preaching a promise that brings glory to man. The promise that came to Abraham, although there was the land and although there was the wealth and although there was the blessing and although there was the absence of the curse, all of that was all about producing the seed and the seed was going to bring about the release of the glory of God on the earth through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And so everything about every promise always points to Jesus. You may say, well, Pastor Randy, what does that have to do with me? See, here's the problem. Our theology is so messed up. We get bits and pieces of a theology of faith or a theology of promise. And so we get these little formulas and we pray these prayers and it doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is because it's rooted in bringing glory to us. It's rooted in making our lives happy and successful and satisfied because we think that the object of God's work on the earth is bringing pleasure to us when in reality good biblical theology teaches us that the object of God's work on the earth is to release his glory to bring mankind to him to turn all of our eyes remember week one of this series to turn all of our eyes on him not our eyes on us see God wants to bless you but he wants to bless you so that you might be a blessing to all nations 
He wants to bless you. He wants you and I to live in blessing, but not just so that we can walk around in shiny suits and walk around with nice things. He wants to bless us to point people to him because he wants to redeem all of humanity for relationship with him. But we get it twisted. We get it twisted because of false teachers and we listen to false teachers because they say what we want to hear. They scratch our itching ears. Abraham was able to persevere to the promise because the promise wasn't based on him. The promise was based on God's glory. Notice, as Abraham receives this promise from God, it led him to a place of of true abandonment. See, audacious prayer is demonstrated, it's rooted in a promise, and it's demonstrated in radical abandon. Genesis chapter 12, verses 4 and 5 says this, Abraham went as the Lord had told him, well, you can, like, if you got a Bible, just underline that. If you're, like, digitally doing it on your phone, just go ahead and highlight that. He went as God told him. Not as he wanted, not as he felt, not what seemed right to him, not what was logical, not what everybody agreed with, not what his family wanted. Because remember, he left his family, he left everybody, not what his culture said he should do. But no, he went as God told him this is just a little side note there he went as the lord told him and lot went with him abraham was 75 years old when he set out for haran he was 75 years old when he set out for haran i don't know what you plan on doing when you're 75 But going on an adventure to an unknown people in an unknown land and starting at 75 years old. And yet that's when he started pursuing what it was that God had put in his heart. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. So at 75 years old. He had already accumulated stuff. And he set out for what God had called him to. There's a whole sermon right there. See some of us think. Oh I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. I already got this life. I already got this job. I already got this bank account. I already got this house. I've already got this car. I've already got this education. And this that or the other. What it, no I have to do this. I have to stay here. And yet God told him and he went even though he had stuff even though he had responsibilities even though he had people our culture society tells us no if you're of a certain age or if you have certain responsibilities or if this has happened in your life then you can't do this but here's the thing he received a word from the lord and in radical abandon to what seemed right to him he obeyed the lord you and i will pray audacious prayers we will live audaciously and step into all that god has for us when we become people who are willing to live out radical abandon james chapter 2 verses 14 through 18 says what good is it my brothers and sisters if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds can such a faith save them suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food if any one of you says to them go in peace keep warm and well fed but does nothing about their physical need what good is it in the same way faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action is dead but someone will say you have faith i have deeds show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. I love how James helps us to understand that true biblical faith will always be demonstrated. 
Now, don't get confused. James is not teaching that by the demonstration of our deeds, we are saved. That's not what he's saying at all. But what he is saying is that when you and I have true Holy Spirit faith, activated by God, biblical faith, there's going to be fruit. Where there's authentic faith, there's always fruit. That was where you're like supposed to be like, amen, pastor. Because I can't see the people. I know they're doing thumbs up right now, but that's all I need to hear you guys. Where there is authentic biblical faith, there's always going to be fruit. So one of the way in, ways in my life, I know, because I'm, I'm often wondering, am I, am I really following the Lord? Am I really trusting the Lord? And one of the litmus tests is of, of knowing if, if I'm trusting the Lord is that there's always going to be fruit. There's always going to be a certain amount of radical abandon, a certain amount of risk, if you will, in the sense that I am going to just do the things that God has asked me to do, that he's called me to do, even when it doesn't make sense to me, even when it's lot, not logical to me. See, faith produces motion in our lives. Let me say that again. Faith produces motion in our lives. So a question I have for you this morning, I, I want you to think about it for a moment. You're a follower of Jesus. You have relationship with him. You were worshiping really well this morning. What motion is your faith producing in your life? Think about the last three weeks, the last three months, the last six months. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for a long time. Maybe you can think back for the last six years. What motion has been produced in your life as a result of your faith? Here's what I understand biblically and what we can see from Abraham, that when there is audacious faith, when, when you're the kind of person who's praying audacious prayers, there's a certain amount of motion that's going to be created in your life. Next, we understand that audacious prayer does not exempt us from delay, from difficulty, and from doubt. Notice when we first started and we read about Abraham, uh, the Bible said that in spite of all that he faced, in spite of all that he faced, he still kept his faith. He kept, he kept moving forward. And we understand that from this time of 75 years old to, uh, to the time that uh, the promise came or his understanding of the promise came in a child, there was a lot of years that went by. Genesis chapter 17, 1 and 2 says this, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make a covenant between me and you and will get greatly increase your numbers. Here's what I want to encourage you to do during your daily 20 this week. Is go start in Genesis chapter 12. And start reading during your daily 20 from Genesis 12 all the way up through Genesis 17, 18, 19. Read about this process during your daily 20 this week uh, that Abram went through uh, of receiving this promise that God had made to him. I think during your daily 20 this week, you're going to see this man going through a process where God continued to speak with him. Because from the time of when he got this promise to the time of deliverance. Delivery, if you will, there was a long time that went by. Remember last Sunday? There's a long time often. And in the case of Elijah, it had been three years from the time the Lord said, hey, it's not going to rain, to the time when he got up and was able to pray and, and the rain came. So there's a long 
long time, and I think that's a theme of this series, often to live audaciously and pray audacious prayers means that we must embrace the pause. We must embrace not just the process, but the pause in the process, that, that period of time between when God first speaks to us and when delivery comes. Oftentimes, it looks like delay. It looks like difficulty, and it even looks like doubt. Verses 15 and 17 of chapter 17, God also said to Abram, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nation. Kings of peoples will come from her. I love this. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? I had a friend, I had a friend the other day. Um, he lives somewhere else, and he and I were chatting on WhatsApp, and, uh, and I, I reached, uh, we were talking. I said, hey, man, I really need to talk to you. I want to I share something with you. I got some big news to share with you. And... Um, my mind was not even thinking about this at all. I just kind of left it at that. And a few days later, we were able to connect. And, and uh, so I told him what was going on with the building and everything. And he's like, oh, that's wonderful news. And after we chatted for a little while, he goes, he goes you know, I ha- what, I, what I really wanted to tell you was, I, I thought you were going to tell me that you and Desiree were pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Lord. Bro, I just turned 45. I mean, I, I know other people who can do that, but man, I, we, this, God bless our four and no more. I mean, I, I mean, Lord, if you have another one for us, whatever, but uh, I just don't know that I can do that. But here, <laughs> Sarah's 90, he's 99 going on 100, and he's like, is God really going to do that? And he laughed. He laughed. You know, listen. Here's the thing, I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate what Romans said and, and you know, that, that here Abraham was and he was this great man of faith and he may have been a great man of faith, but there was a moment where he laughed at the Lord. And the Bible tells if you, when you go in your daily 20 and you read about this, when the Lord came to uh, Sarah, she laughed also. Why? Because sometimes you just have to sit back and be, you just have to laugh at what God is doing. Uh, last night we were, I told you, Alyssa was at, home, at our house, we were having dinner and, and we were kind of sharing the story of what's happened in the last uh, couple of months and how God has done this miracle. And I, I just found myself laughing because there's no, there's no logical explanation for what the Lord has done. There's things that he promised us. There's things that he said to us. There's things that we've been praying, but we were just like, you know, whenever God's going to do this, he's going to do this. Listen, friend. You and I have to know that as much as faith produces motion in our lives, there are going to be times when we have delay, when we have difficulty, we have doubt, and when it seems impossible to us. But even through those moments, we continue to persevere. We continue to persevere because God has made us a promise. We can, you got to get that. It sounds simple, but you got to get that. We continue to pray audacious prayers because it's not rooted in our circumstance it's rooted in a promise and the reality is is that promise is a transgenerational 
promise. Everything God wants to do in your life goes back to that promise that he made to Abraham when he said to Abraham, I want, I want to use your offspring to show my glory on the earth. Everything that God wants to do for you, every miracle that he does in your life, every answered prayer, every way in which you demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit when you're walking through delay and difficulty and pain and the way that you show grace and glory through circumstances that are hard and unexplainable. All of those things that happen in your life is for the glory of Jesus Christ. It is to point people to him so that they may come face to faith with a God who loves them and cares about them and desires relationship with them above all things. Every miracle is not for your own good. It's not to make you and I feel good. It's not so that we can live our best life now. Every miracle that God does is so that his glory might be revealed. So when I pray a prayer, when I make a confession, I don't have to live in doubt and fear and insecurity because my dear, it is not about me. Sir, I don't have to be afraid because it's not rooted in me. It's about him. And because it's about him, because it's rooted in this transgenerational promise that goes all the way back to God's word to Abraham that says through you, all nations will know and will see that I am God. I can pray with confidence. I can pray as Abraham and his offspring prayed. Let the God God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob show his glory in this situation. It's not about me, Lord. It's about you. We as God's people can pray audaciously. We can live audaciously because, because we know who we are. I know who I am. And so when it seems crazy, when it seems ridiculous, when it seems to other people like it doesn't make sense, I'm, I don't waver. I'm not shaken because this prayer is not about me. It's not, it's not about my capacity. It's about him, and it's about his capacity. I can pray audaciously because I know who I am. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29 says this, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, get this, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We are seed according to the promise. The fact that you are sitting here today is all the proof you need to believe God for the next miracle in your life. That, that statement right there was gold. The fact that you are sitting here today is all the proof that you need that God is faithful. Think about your life, friend. Think about, think about what brought you here to this moment, in this place, in this time, to hear this message. It's a miracle. 
all the way back to Abraham. Think of all of the time and all of the space, all of the hardship that has happened, all of the heartache, all the pain, all the circumstances and situations. And yet God, a God who is faithful, who is jealous over his word, who is jealous over his promise, who produces irresistibly what it is that he wants to do on the earth, that same God who hovered over the earth and brought it into existence has been hovering over his word throughout all of human history and he's been working and working and working to bring you and I to this moment and as a result of our being in this moment proves his faithfulness and because we know his faithfulness we can pray audacious prayers audacious prayer aligns with this reality or it aligns our, with rea our reality with what is already true about us. And what is already true about us is that we are children of God. We don't pray to be blessed. We are already blessed. We don't pray to be blessed. We're already blessed. Well, I don't feel blessed. My bank account's empty. Well, it doesn't matter what's in your bank account. You're the seed of Abraham. You're already blessed. Nobody can take that away from you. You're the seed of Abraham. You, you, no one can take. God has already said this about you. Don't you understand that? God has already said, you are blessed, you're my children, you're my, you're my child, and so this is true about you. Your circumstances doesn't change what is true about you. Your, your, your brain chemistry, how you feel in this moment, doesn't change what is true about you. The problem is, is that many of us are willing, many of us are willing to live by our circumstances or live by how we feel instead of living by what God has said about us. And because we stay in that place of living according to our circumstances or, or how we feel and we pursue, we pursue answers and resolutions to our circumstances or we pursue the response to our feelings, our emotions. We live our whole lives outside of the promise, not because the promise is, isn't true, but because we don't want to cooperate with the promise. But people who pray audacious prayer, people like Abraham, they may laugh at what go, what's going on around them. I just stay in the process of seeing God's promise come to pass. God has put some things in your heart. He said some things about you. He said some things to you. And I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you this morning. Like we talked about last week, take hold of that promise. Don't let go of that promise. But you can do so in confidence because of what God has said about you. Galatians makes it very clear. You are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, every promise that God has made to you is rooted in the promise that he has made about all of humanity and he's proven and shown himself to be faithful and as he's shown himself to be faithful in the past, he's going to be faithful throughout your lives. That's why Elijah built an altar based on stones because 
throughout the history of Israel, stones, memorial stones were used as a place to demonstrate God's faithfulness. So anytime in the Old Testament you see them setting up stones, they did that so that they as the people, we talked about this in week one, would tell the story. They would remember the promise and they would confess and declare God's faithfulness. This is why in your daily 20, the first five minutes of your daily 20, we teach you to spend at minimum five minutes in worship because what it does is it aligns yourself with the memory stone, the truth of who God is. And when we know who God is, when we declare who God is, then in our prayer, then in our Bible reading, then in our meditation, we are aligned with who he is and we can be aligned with what he said about us. I want to ask you to stand with me all across this place this morning. We're in a season, a special season, I believe a birthing season as a church. I understand that using analogies like that have limitations, but I really don't know how else to say it. I believe over a year ago, the Lord spoke that to Desra, and we've been praying audacious prayers, and I believe the Lord has brought us to this time of delivery. We're seeing him do some unbelievable miracles and in the process of that, many of us on a personal level are, are experiencing other things that are such a challenge. And while as a community, the Lord is showing us something, what my prayer for you as your pastor is, as the Lord is showing us something as a community, that that would translate into your personal life, your personal walk with Jesus. That you would, through the, the lived history, the collectively experienced history of this moment, that the Lord would write on your heart some things that are true for you as an individual follower of Jesus Christ. And that is this, that you are children of the promise. And as children of the promise, you can pray audacious prayers and see them come to pass, not because they're selfish, not because they're rooted in the flesh, but because they're for his purposes. They're for your good, and your good is always his good and the demonstration of his glory. So I want to pray for you right now. I don't want to pray some, some mystical, magical prayer over you, some new age confession that we've repackaged with Christian words. I know I want to pray a, I want to pray a prayer that's rooted in God's word. And as I pray, I, I just want to ask you, if you're, if you're carrying something right now, that you, man, you're just... God has said something to you. He's made you a promise or you're waiting on something. And, and like Abraham, like Sarah, you've been walking with this promise for a long time. And maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're dealing with some discouragement. You're dealing with delay. As I pray over you this morning, I want to encourage you to just, just offer that to the Lord. Just as we often see Abraham and Sarah saying, Lord, it's... You're going to have to do this. I, I want to encourage you, just whatever that is, return it to the Lord this morning. Father, I, I thank you for my friends that are here. I thank you for the season that you have us in as a community. Lord, what a powerful season of demonstration of what you're trying to do, what you're showing, what you're demonstrating, uh, your, your promises that are true, that are yea and amen. In Christ Jesus. <laughs> What a powerful marker for us as this three-year-old baby church that you are God and you do miracles and they're bigger and greater and beyond all of us. And we, 
we're so grateful. We give you thanks. But Lord, as much as you are doing that for us collectively, Lord, I understand that we make disciples. That's what we do. And in this room, we are all disciples. We are all people with an individual walk with you, Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that as much as you're teaching us this collectively, that individually this morning, I know that there are promises that are in this room. I know that there are promises that have come from your spirit that you have spoken. And Lord, in the same way that you spoke to people throughout biblical history, you've spoken to people in this room and those promises are true because those promises aren't about us. They're about you. They're about your glory. And, and I do pray, Lord, that by the Holy Spirit, you would give us the spiritual maturity to know the difference between the desires of our heart and the desires that have come from you and your spirit. That, Lord, we would be mature enough to know the difference between those things. And, God, in spite of false teaching, that we wouldn't be people who are derailed by trying to manipulate you, God, into giving us all the stuff we want to make this little life's existence good or better or pleasing in our own sight. But instead, we would be people who take hold of those deep truths. Lord, that we would understand that every promise, every promise is rooted in a transgenerational promise that you are God and you are going to show yourself through us. And so, Lord, I pray over every one of those promises because I know those promises, I know those stones, I know they have a name. They mean something. And in fact, for some of us, they are names. They are people. Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus in the same way that the promise of God was irresistible and irrefutable in the life of Abraham and through his seed leading all the way to us sitting here today, that, Lord, your word, that your promises would be irresistible and irrefutable in the lives of us, that faith would arise in us, Jesus that we would be people who persevere in the promise because you are a God who is faithful and true. Lord, for anyone who may be watching online who are here today who doesn't know you, who doesn't have a relationship with you, who hasn't surrendered their life to Jesus, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would draw them to you, that you would draw them to Father God, that through Jesus Christ they might have a relationship with their Creator who desires them, who loves them, who's jealous for them. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.